Well, grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Well, as the Archbishop and Primate of the Anglican Church in North America, it really is a privilege to be back here at Asbury to share with you this morning. Um, Dr. Tennant, thank you for the invitation, and Dr. Bevins, and Dr. Matt Locke, and the rest of the faculty for this esteemed opportunity to be able to share today. I understand it's also Anglican Awareness Day, and I'm glad uh, some folks are here to uh, allow you to hear what the Lord's doing and uh, see us get all dressed up for you. So uh, anyway, (laughs) Uh, let's pray. Father, as we open your word this morning, come in the power of your spirit, come and speak to us. Help us hear from you what you want to say specifically to each one of us. And this is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 10, verses 14. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written in Isaiah, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Well, today, people all over the world are celebrating and partying because of St. Patrick's Day. People will wear green. People wear shamrocks. Uh, You'll see uh, all over the place uh, people talking about St. Patrick's. Much beer will be drunk. Um, In some places, rivers will be colored green, all because it's St. Patrick's Day. Yet most people have no idea who St. Patrick is or why he is celebrated. Like St. Valentine's Day and Christmas and Easter, these important days of the church calendars have been co-opted by the world and the original meanings and purposes have been forgotten in the collected memory. So a little bit about Patrick. It's believed that Patrick was born in the year 387 and he died in the year 461. His dad was a deacon in the church, and his grandfather was a priest. At age 16, about the time we would all be getting our driver's licenses, um, he was kidnapped by pirates and taken to Ireland where he was sold as a slave. His owners put him to work as a shepherd, working and living out in the fields, and he had to fend for himself in all kinds of weather and living conditions. He described how he survived during during those days. He wrote this, The love of God and his fear grew in me more and more, as did the faith, and my soul was rosed, so that in a single day I have said as many as a hundred prayers, and in the night nearly the same. I prayed in the woods and on the mountain, even before dawn. I felt no hurt from the snow or ice or rain. After six years as a slave, he had a dream from the Lord, which told him he was going to leave Ireland. And so following the Lord's voice, he snuck away and escaped from his owner, and he traveled over 200 miles on foot to the coast of Ireland. And there he convinced a captain of a ship to take him on board, and he was almost enslaved again. But finally, he was able to get back to his family in Britain. While there, he had a true conversion experience with the Lord. And then he began studies for the ministry, like many of you all are doing here today. 
Several years after returning home, Patrick had another vision from the Lord. And he described the vision this way. I saw a man coming as if it were from Ireland. His name was Victoricus. And he carried many letters. And he gave me one of them. And I read the heading, The Voice of the Irish. And as I began the letter, I imagined in that moment that I heard a voice of all those people who were near the wood of Falkholt, which is beside the Western Sea, and they cried out as with one voice, We appeal to you, holy servant boy, to come and walk among us. Well, this vision motivated him in his studies, and eventually he was ordained a priest in the church. The vision wouldn't leave him, and it called him back to Ireland. As the stories go, soon after he landed, it was said that he met a Druid chief who attempted to kill him. Well, somehow the Lord miraculously intervened, and the chieftain was ended up converted to Christ. Uh, the doors opened for Patrick all over Ireland to preach the gospel, and thousands upon thousands came to faith in Jesus. Sometimes whole tribes or kingdoms would come to faith at once. And they participated in mass baptisms where thousands were baptized at the same time. Many times he came close to being killed because of his ministry. The the locals didn't like it, especially the local spiritual leaders. Well, Patrick was eventually ordained and consecrated a bishop. And soon he was ordaining ministers to serve churches all over Ireland. It is said that he converted the whole nation to Christianity. Think about that. Patrick is called the Bishop and Apostle to the Irish, and today he's the patron saint of Ireland. But there's more. Thomas Cahill, in his book, How the Irish Saved Civilization, tells that because of the work of Patrick, Ireland had a crucial role in maintaining Western civilization while the Dark Ages settled in on Europe. Not only did he bring Christianity to Ireland, he instilled a sense of literacy and learning that would create the conditions that allowed Ireland to become what they called the Isle of Saints and Scholars, and thus preserve Western culture while Europe was being overrun by the barbarians. Cahill tells the story of how Europe evolved from the classical age of Rome to the medieval era. Without Ireland, the trans that took place would never have happened. Not only did the Irish monks and scribes maintain the very record of Western civilization, copying manuscripts of Greek and Latin writers, both pagan and Christian, while the libraries and schools of learning in Europe were being destroyed and forever lost by the barbarian invasion. It was the Irish who were able to replant culture, history, and learning on the European continent. Patrick's 40-year work in evangelism, planting churches, monasteries, literacy, and education, was able to re-evangelize Europe. So my question to you is, where are the Patricks of today? Where are those men and women who walk with God in such a way that they can hear his voice? Where are those followers of Jesus who dream dreams and see visions and obediently follow the voice of the Lord? 
Where are those Holy Spirit disciples of Jesus whose heartbeat is to reach the unreached peoples of the earth? Hear the words again of the Apostle Paul to the Romans in chapter 10. How then will they call on him whom they've not believed? And how are they to believe in him whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? Ireland needs the gospel again. Patrick was there 1,600 years ago. Who is going to go? Scotland needs the gospel. Who is going to go? Britain needs the gospel. Who is going to go? Europe needs the gospel. Who is going to go? Thailand. Thailand needs the gospel. Indonesia needs the gospel. Who is going to go? Iran needs the gospel. Who is going to go? Canada needs the gospel. Who is going to go? Mexico needs the gospel. Who is going to go? The United States needs the gospel. Who is going to go? Will you go? St. Patrick heard God's call to go. And he went. And he changed a country. And he changed a continent. Have you heard his call? Are you willing to go? Well, there's one other piece about Patrick that I think I need to share. He fell in love with Jesus. Some might say he was obsessed with Jesus. But Jesus revolved around everything he did. And when Jesus is the priority about who you are and what you are about, then it's much easier to hear him call when he calls you by name. Patrick described his relationship with Jesus this way in what is now called St. Patrick's breastplate. Christ within me. Christ behind me. Christ before me. Christ beside me. Christ to win me. Christ to comfort and restore me. Christ beneath me. Christ above me. Christ in quiet. Christ in danger. Christ in hearts that love me. Christ in mouth of friend and stranger. You see, with Patrick... As an example, may God help each of us to know him and to love him, but then to answer his call and serve him wherever he leads. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the example of this man who gave all that he had to serve you. So work in us, even with all our distractions, to serve you this day and to go where you've called us to go. And this is our prayer in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen.